Hi listeners, uh, this week we're back with another uh, readout episode. This week I'm going to be giving you a quick update on uh, the latest in the story regarding Israel's killing of Palestinian journalist Shireen Abu Akhla and specifically Canada's response or I should say their, its non-response to uh, that killing and its refusal to call for accountability. Uh, This is just a short, quick article. Uh, As always, I remind listeners that if you enjoy listening to the content on this podcast, then you'll very likely enjoy the written content we put out on uh, readthemaple.com each and every day. You can sign up for free for our weekly newsletter, or you can become a paying subscriber to receive our daily newsletter and help support our 100% reader-funded non-profit journalism. Uh, So without further ado, I'm going to get into uh, the article that I'm reading out today. This was first published on November 16th, uh, and it's titled Parliamentary Human Rights Report Excludes Mention of Shireen Abu Akhla. A new parliamentary committee report examining the international situation of human rights defenders and journalists is being criticised for not mentioning Israel's killing of Palestinian journalist Shireen Abu Ekla and giving scant attention to Israel's other abuses. In May, Israeli forces shot and killed the Al Jazeera correspondent while she was covering a military raid in the city of Jenin. Forensic analysis later confirmed the Israeli shooter could clearly see Abu Ekla's press vest and repeatedly opened fire on her with an intention to kill, despite a lack of any hostile fire in the area. The analysis followed more than a dozen previous journalistic and institutional reports, all pointing to Israel as the culprit. The parliamentary report, titled The Situation of Human Rights Defenders, Journalists and Media Organisations, was published this month by the Standing Committee on Foreign Affairs and International Development. The committee's mandate, adopted in February, was to study attacks on human rights defenders and journalists and examine, quote, how Canada can support their efforts. The report warns, quote, The growing rate of the infringement of rights of journalists and other human rights defenders has been associated with a global rise in authoritarianism and a decline of the rules-based international order. It also specifically notes, quote, The subcommittee heard that journalists and other human rights defenders are being killed at an alarming rate around the globe, and that, quote, the majority of killings are going uninvestigated and unpunished. In a set of 12 recommendations, which include calls to support specific journalists in jurisdictions ranging from Hong Kong to Ukraine, the report makes no mention of Abu Akhla. Regarding Israel, the report does briefly note that, quote, The subcommittee was told by one witness that in Israel, the government has designated Palestinian civil society organizations as terrorist entities, allowing it to seize their assets, make arrests of staff and affiliates, close their offices and effectively shut them down entirely. However, the report adds, quote, Committee members are of different views on this. It doesn't elaborate there, just as a side note. Uh, there's a just for, for people who aren't familiar with parliamentary process, basically, committees are made up of uh, MPs from parliament proportionate to their party's representation in the House of Commons. Obviously, this report doesn't elaborate on which committee members were supposedly uh, of different opinions uh, regarding Israel's designation of these. Uh, non-government organizations as terrorist organizations but you know we can probably take an educated guess as to which ones so why was this a problem well we continue here the israeli raids referenced in the report were carried out over the summer as reported by the guardian at the time quote in october 2021 israel outlawed al-haq 
Adamir, which advocates for Palestinian prisoners, the Union of Palestinian Women's Committees, the Union of Agricultural Work Committees, the Baisan Center for Research and Development, and Defense for Children International, Palestine. Israel argued the groups had ties to the militant Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, a secular left-wing movement with political and armed wings. However, the Guardian report noted, Israel has provided little evidence to back up the accusations. All six organizations deny the allegations and three have challenged the designation in Israel's courts. In August, UN experts said the raids amount to a, quote, severe suppression of human rights defenders and are illegal and unacceptable. They added that Israel's designation of the groups as terrorist entities are, quote, illegitimate and unjustifiable and no concrete and credible evidence substantiating Israel's allegations has ever been provided. The Parliamentary Committee report also included a section dedicated to the dangers faced by journalists reporting in conflict zones, but makes no mention of the risks faced by Palestinian journalists covering Israeli military operations. According to the organization Reporters Without Borders, 144 Palestinian journalists have been hit by live ammunition, rubber bullets, stun grenades and tear gas fired by Israeli forces since the Great March of Return protests began in 2018. In a list paying tribute to killed or imprisoned journalists and human rights activists, the Parliamentary Committee report does not name any Palestinians or Israelis. This omission was noted by Michael Bukert, Vice President of the advocacy group Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East. Quote, the report almost entirely ignores Israeli violations in a year when journalist Shireen Abu Ekla was murdered and six Palestinian human rights organizations were shut down, Bukert tweeted this week. The report has a section on the killings of journalists, but it does not mention Shireen Abu Ekla, who was killed by Israeli forces over six months ago. However, he noted, the sixth recommendation in the report is positive, as it calls on Canada to use every opportunity to condemn countries which violate the rights of journalists and human rights defenders, quote, whether or not they are allies. It is crucial that such an approach is finally applied to Israel. Although entirely expected, Bukert continues, it is still outrageous that a Canadian parliamentary report on human rights violations would give a pass to Israel. In the immediate aftermath of Abu Ekla's death, Canadian diplomats flagged the Israeli military's track record of attacking journalists and its failure to properly investigate such attacks. Documents obtained by the Maple in July revealed. The day after Abu Ekla's death, Canadian representatives noted that the Israeli government's initial narrative about how Abu Ekla died had been, quote, largely debunked. As well, Canadian officials closely monitored responses from allied countries before issuing their own statements about the killing and the subsequent attack by Israeli security forces on Abu Akhla's funeral procession. Meanwhile, Israel is refusing to cooperate with a criminal investigation into the killing. As reported by BBC News this week, quote, Israel has called the US Department of Justice's decision to investigate the killing of Palestinian-American reporter Shireen Abu Ekla a, quote, mistake. Outgoing Defense Minister Benny Gantz said he had told US representatives that Israel would not cooperate. The DOJ and FBI declined to comment, but Abu Akhla's family praised the, quote, important step forward towards accountability. Israel previously admitted that one of its soldiers was likely responsible for the killing, but claimed the shooting was likely accidental and said it would not press criminal charges against the individual who was responsible. So this is really um, the, the crucial sticking point here. I mean, every single independent report and investigation into this killing has pointed to Israel as the you know, responsible party for this killing. 
Uh, but as I mentioned at the top, the forensic investigation conducted by Forensic Architecture basically concluded, as I've mentioned on a, a previous podcast episode about this issue, that the sniper, there's no way the sniper wouldn't have been able to see that Abu Akla and another journalist who was standing with her were wearing press vests. And they opened fire repeatedly, even after these journalists took cover. Furthermore, the report documented the fact that the bullets were aimed above the shoulders, so they were intended to kill, and there was no evidence of any hostile fire in the area. So, as I've um, tweeted on, uh, posted on Twitter this week, the reason Israel is worried about this DOJ investigation is that it won't only show that Israel was responsible for the killing, but it will potentially show that the shooting was deliberate and that it would warrant a criminal charge against the soldier responsible because obviously killing a journalist is a war crime. Um, so that's the situation where we're at now. Canada, as we've seen in this parliamentary committee report, has continued to uh, basically turn its back on this issue and refuse to push for accountability. As I've noted countless times in previous reports and uh, the previous episode I did on this, um, Canada would not call for an independent investigation by a body like the International Criminal Court. Uh, and it wouldn't call for a criminal prosecution against the uh, Israeli soldier who killed Abu Akleh. Uh, so that's where we're at now. Um, thanks for listening. It's obviously a pretty short episode, but uh, hopefully this update uh, will give you uh, some further understanding of this really awful situation. And hopefully you'll also go over to readthemaple.com and follow our in-depth reporting on this issue and other major topics that are of public interest. Thanks for listening.